My name is John Hartford, and without Christ, I would still be in drug-induced psychosis. Where would I be without your love? Where would I be without your grace? Father in heaven above, all of my sins you erased. You saved me from my life of misery, and rewrote my history. This is my story, and to you be the honor and glory, y'all. Resurrected, born again, no longer a slave of this world I'm living in. Broke the chains that held me down, I've been set free, so let me testify. Welcome to This Is Your Story with Robert Melnichuk, a podcast focused on telling stories of spiritual transformation. I sat down with John Harford, who was delivered from the depths of demonic bondage. We are talking various religions, drugs, hallucinations, delusions, a spiritual orgy, or finally the truth, Jesus. Yeah, this spot right here, this part of the tennis court, it's, it's where we would spend a lot of our times like with my friends drinking, doing drugs, so like usually it was smoking weed. Um, sometimes we would do some mushrooms or LSD or like some other type of drug. In this spot here, I walk past almost every time I come back from my church, just behind you guys, right? It's like the church is that way and every day, sometimes I walk down this way. And I sometimes I, sometimes I remember, um, the memories, and, and sometimes I don't, like it's just behind me. When I allow myself to go into the memories, it's this, there's almost a heaviness attached to it. You know what I mean? John, your story from darkness to light is a genuine quest to find meaning in life. However, it evolved from a degree of darkness that many may not understand and possibly not even believe. But I'd like you to take us to that place where it all began in high school. Mm-hmm. Spiritually, what was going on in John's life? Yeah, so at that point I had been raised Catholic uh, in a Polish Catholic household, and uh, but I found that it was all ritual. It was spiritually dead, and so I very quickly, uh, early teenage years, became atheist. And, uh, and I, I developed a sort of hatred towards Christ, the Bible, the Trinity, anything that can be associated with uh, Christianity, especially the Catholic Church and like Mary and, and all that. So, um, yeah, I, uh, he may have been a good teacher, Jesus, but, you know, um, that's where I was at. I just had, I did, didn't like Jesus. You didn't like Jesus? No. It, drugs played a part in your spirituality. In fact, you claim that experimental drugs helped mm-hmm. in your spiritual journey. Now, what do you mean by helped? As an atheist, uh, I had no meaning in life, and it was just all about fun. I was like, I could just try these drugs, and, and then, um, you know, just experiencing what these drugs would, how they would affect my body, how they would affect my mind and my brain. And uh, I tried psychedelic mushrooms. And uh, the first dose I took was five to six grams, large dose. And it opened me up to the reality of a spiritual realm, so to speak, that it, it showed me that there was something more to this world than just matter and chance, right? Uh, it showed me that there was an intelligence behind it all. I didn't know what it was, but I knew it was there. Um, and from there I became, I started researching into everything, right? New age, uh, 
ancient pantheons, Egyptian, Greek, etc., uh, etc., et uh, Aboriginal spirituality from uh, North America, Africa, Oceania, um, all over the place. Like every group of, I would say, like pagan faith. That's what I went to. Um, that's what made sense to me, and especially based on the experience I had with psilocybin mushrooms. Did um, you feel maybe a personal attraction to any of those religions that you were searching out? Yeah, I think I think above all it was the New Age, and like uh, such as like with Hinduism and like the Hindu gods, like those were sort of supplementary. I would uh, more so lean towards the pantheistic side of like the whole universe is God, and and I am God. I'm trying to break out of this this physical state. I want to ascend into like spiritualness. I guess is the best way to phrase it. That's uh, something that's very common in Hinduism. Buddhism is that ascension out of the physical. Now you mentioned New Age, and New Age involves spirit guides. Yes. Any experiences with spirit guides that you can share? Yeah, uh, most of the time it was through the psilocybin. Um, I believe that um, pharmakia, the Greek word for sorcery, that has, I think, I believe that has to do with uh, drug use. And so I'd intentionally use these drugs to meet with spirit guides. And I had a, a few experiences of, of, of telepathy with, with some other people, like being able to read each other's thoughts and to hear each other audibly. And, and then also like seeing gnomes and, and stuff like that. And, and so some of the most profound moments were when I was doing um, drugs, uh, specifically mushrooms, LSD, um, to, uh, to meditate and sort of sorcery my way into that, um, that, that spirit guide connection, right? Uh, and there was also transcendental meditation. I would have visions in my mind sometimes of, of guidance uh, that I would get from these spirits. Now, what you know today, I mean, was that you hallucinating or do you think that was real evil stuff? I'm not sure where the line is, but I know that there was real evil stuff going on. I know that, uh, that, that the devil is not a fairy tale um, and that the spiritual realm is a real thing. And uh, I believe sometimes I was probably just deluding myself, trying to um, fill, in, fill it in with my imagination, but there was definitely points where, uh, looking back now, it was angels of darkness uh, appearing as angels of light. Now, this is where that journey gets a, a bit strange. Mm -hmm. um, you're 16, you're 17 years of age, and one night, while doing meth with one of your friends, Drugs and the devil took over John. And I know it, it, there's a lot of information that you can share, but, but can you be specific and, and tell us that night what you saw, what you felt, and even what you heard? Mm -hmm. I was doing MDA, very similar to MDMA, and looking back, it's probably like you said, it was laced with meth, and there was this moment in the high um, after redosing. Um, on MDA, that there's this inner stirring in me, this sort of like almost coming like in waves, and it's this, it's inexpressible, like this inner feeling of just like the rush of waves, like tides. Um, and I, I would start to see these shadow figures, these shadowy figures that are called shadow people in the psychedelic community. And that was just the, the beginning, and then like at some point there was, there were these two like green goblins and there's so much like intricate detail like the lines like in their belly buttons and like the like the 
folds in the, their skin and stuff. It was incredibly detailed. It was, um, it was insane, <laughs> absolutely insane. Uh, and the, the deeper I went to, into this sort of like this stirring, this, this um, rushing of, of tides, um, it eventually culminated in um, being in absolute like no control of my body. It's like I went out of body, I think. Um, it's hard to say, but I just, my friend said that I, I collapsed. Um, and all I know is that I just started hearing and, and, and feeling, and fe like just feeling the presence of these spirits. And it, and, and it was like the beginning of this sort of demonic orgy, where it's like I would, feel it all over my skin, like every millimeter, and like, and inside of me every millimeter, the inside of my hands to down to my feet, like everywhere. Um, and like hearing like there, like hundreds of voices, like moaning and like speaking vulgarly to me and, and just like demeaning me as a human being, as a sort of just a sex object. Um, so this, this what happened, it was not only evil, but it was sexual. Yeah. And you could feel this? Yes. Tangibly. Yeah, so it was this general area when I had that overdose experience. I guess this is the point where I, like the area where I would have collapsed and had that sort of weird, uh, gross, demonic orgy experience and, and then I remember my friends showed me a video of an ambulance that was just in, parked in, along that curb there. And from there I was taken to the hospital to, for treatment, so. Following that night, um, you, you began to realize through all you had been experiencing to this point that there was, there had to be this one big God as you had called it. Yeah. Now what, what really made you think that? Well, I was, as a, a sort of pantheist, polytheist um, worldview that I had at that point, I started to think about, like, really, like, okay, so there's all these smaller gods, these, like, what I may call spirit gods, and then those gods may very well have their own gods, and those their gods. But eventually, I just figured, like, a pyramid, that there would be one being above all, uh, above all, one great creator. And uh, I figured that Islam uh, resonated with me the most. I think it was because it was the idea that um, God does not beget a son, and he cannot beget that, uh, nor is God begotten. And it's, I think it was part of my, the, the hurt I had from the Catholic Church that made me resonate with the idea of Islam, because it really emphasizes that God is one and, and uh, attacks the, uh, like the Trinity and, and, and such as saying that we believe in three different gods. You mentioned John uh, hurt from the Catholic Church. What do you mean? I thought they were manipulative. I thought they were controlling, that they just wanted money. And that's why I really, I was hurt by that. Hmm. Now, at this, um, at the same time, you were um, crippled with fear. Mm -hmm. Fear played a huge part. Um, in your life at this time. Can you, can you describe that for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so having done uh, the hallucinogens that I did, the mushrooms, the LSD, the MDA, 
I developed a drug-induced, a hallucinogenic-induced psychosis called HPPD, uh, and that it, it, there was pseudo-hallucinations. I would hear things that weren't there, but I would know they weren't real, that they weren't actually there, but I was still hearing it audibly. And I would, like, say, like, in, in dark spaces, whether I close my eyes or I'm in a dark room about to go to bed, uh, I would see demonic faces form. And the longer the lights were off, the longer my eyes were closed, the scarier it would get. And uh, I just, I was, I was uh, and I would have nightmares every night. I was terrified of going to sleep. Um, I was terrified of being in a dark room. I was, so I, every night I would have like a little night light on and uh, just everything to try and compensate and just try to fall asleep to hearing a show or something. And it's just riddled with fear. I couldn't go to bed in a dark room. Did this happen usually every night? Every night. And uh, I also had sleep paralysis every other night. So I was just terrified to sleep. When you say sleep paralysis, what do you mean by that? Sleep paralysis is this experience of like you're half, like your mind is awake, you, your eyes are open, and you can only like maybe shake your head, shake your feet, shake your hands, um, but you can't get up. Like you feel chained, you can't get up. And I had an experience uh, where I would open, I opened my eyes that one morning, and there was this uh, shadowy black orb, sort of floating in front of my face, and I would go behind to my ear and it would whisper in my ear like this like you better get going in this like evil voice and then I uh, I remember almost saying like oh sure like just almost like in my half asleepness talking to this spirit and uh, and then I just but I, I closed my eyes again and then all of a sudden I just felt a tugging of my feet and just like this maniacal like evil villain laughter um, and just like pulling me into blackness and just like I felt like I was screaming just trying to shake myself awake and get free of that and that was the most intense sleep paralysis experience I had. Finally, if I can use that word, at the age of 18, um, light begins to penetrate this dark world that um, you were living in. And before you explain that, can you just describe what John was like at that time before this great transformation took place? Yeah, it was definitely like so much paranoia, so much. And yet I was doing my best to get better, right? I, I really wanted to take my life um, back. I really wanted to take a hold of it. So I, I stopped doing uh, the drugs I was doing. I, I was slowing down. I was going sober and I was just practicing like uh, just the transcendental meditation and like trying to ascend and like participate in that witchcraft in that new age just like sober but just like practicing those other practices that didn't require drugs and really just trying to improve my health as well but it, it just wasn't working it, it didn't really help not really no then um, one day a friend of yours invited you I believe to attend church yeah explain that and what happened mm. Yeah, so we were talking on social media, and so he invited me to chat in, in my current pastor's office. So we were just chatting about the Bible and the Quran, uh, God in general, theology. And uh, yeah, at first it was like, here's our commonalities. And then Pastor Kyle came in, and he uh, heard what I had to say and directly, deliberately challenged it. And then my friend uh, also started to join in that challenging of what I was believing. And so this turned into a seven-hour discussion 
of just like all these different topics. Um, Trinity, uh, the unity of God, uh, Jesus, who is Jesus? A prophet, um, the son of God, is he divine? Uh, did he become divine at some point? Was he always divine? Like all these concepts. Um, and eventually it just came to the, I came to the conclusion just by hearing this, like just reasonable apologetics for the Christian faith uh, that I, I started to believe the authenticity of the Bible. And, and then I was like, okay, like I, I, this is authentic, so what is the gospel? And he presented the gospel to me, that I was just, I was born a sinner, and uh, I rebelled against God, and because of that, I deserve death and, and destruction. But from the beginning, his plan was to always come in and rescue, that that is what the Bible is about. That's the narrative, is God came to rescue, and it's by grace through faith alone. And, uh, and as I was just hearing the gospel being preached to me, uh, over like like a 30-minute presentation, a full sermon presentation of the gospel. Uh, I just, this, the message came to an end. And my friend asked me, he's like, do you want to get baptized? And I was confused at first. Like, I don't have shorts, I don't have a towel. He's <laughs> like, no, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We want to pray that for you. Um, and, and I was just praying in my mind. And I was just think I was just praying. Is this what I've been looking for? And, and I just heard yes, accept the baptism. So help me understand, so the, the gospel's preached to you from this pastor yeah. for, for this period. When, you, when you're accepting this message, mm -hmm. like, was anything happening internally within you? Like, like mm -hmm. how did you know that things were changing? How did you know that all of a sudden Jesus is real? Like yeah. what was happening with John before the baptism mm. happened. Yeah, just feeling a lot of conviction of just like, wow, like how can this be true? It feels like I was so close when I was young, like, you know, with, with the Catholic Church. And it was like, I felt like it just went almost like full circle in a way. Um, and it was, I don't know how to word it. So it was a very profound moment of conviction. Did you know at that moment that Jesus changed you that you became born again and, and and if so how did you know yeah yeah it was at the moment where i accepted the baptism and, and my friend started praying the baptism of the holy spirit over me where i just i repented and and i just i was in that moment i was just accepting christ as king and i was i just i knew it was true that the whole time is presented to me over the seven hours of just in-depth discussion of all this it's just like this has to be true and i want it because I just want God, right? And uh, yeah, and as I accepted the baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, I, the, the, there's a sort of visual film that was removed from my eyes. Whereas like there's the, that sort of drug-induced psychosis type of film of like seeing even like shadow people in the corner during, during those seven hours of discussion. You still saw them? Yeah, I still saw them. Like my, it, yeah, the, uh, psychosis got worse, um, even with sobriety. Um, yeah, and it was that moment like my life completely changed. Uh, yeah, it changed. How did you know? I I felt the peace of God, the presence of God, that the God of the universe Himself was entering into me, to make His home in me. And with that comes peace. With that comes 
this comforting, compassionate love. And it was so tangible in that moment that it's it like my striving was over. There's like this sense of rest that I found what I, well, I, I was found, right? Rather than having found what I needed, what I needed found me. God found you. Yes, yeah. When you left that meeting, did you get, could you sleep at night? Did mm -hmm. you see any more shadows? There was no more nightmares, no more sleep paralysis. When I closed my eyes, I just took it on faith. I closed my eyes and I just knew, I took it on faith that I would see no demonic faces because the spirit of the Lord was, was in me now. It's a joyful thing. And uh, so that's, that was like within the first week. So Jesus changed your life? My life, my whole life, <laughs> my whole life. John, I've got one final question for you. If someone is, is watching mm -hmm. and listening to you tell your story, mm -hmm. and they find themselves in that same dark place that you found yourself in, what would you tell them? This is the, my church, the Neighborhood Victory Outreach here in Southeast Calgary. The people are really struggling. Like this, this church is a hub of, of hope. It's a hub of reparation. It's a hub of, of love and joy and, and community, right? And it's, a, it's honestly, it's a hub of brokenness too, where it's like we're all broken together, but we all have Jesus. We all have the Holy Spirit. This is a house of the Lord that brings change, not the building, but the, the Spirit that indwells the people that, that serve here. Keep asking, keep knocking, keep seeking. I was seeking for so long, two years of uh, New Ageism and a few months of Islam and God used it all because I was just seeking for what is the truth. Seek and you will find and it is so worth it. If you've been listening to John tell his story, and you'd like to pray with somebody, let me encourage you to call our 24-7 prayer line. The number is 1-866-273-4444. If you want to learn more about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it can transform your life, you can request a free Bible by calling toll-free 1-888-482-4253. You can begin your journey with Christ now. Thank you for joining me. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to send an email to robertm at yestv.com. Until next time. <laughs>